Hey everyone, this is Trey Atkins alongside Campbell Garbert, Jack Vesey, and Graham Copeland. Welcome to the Barners Before Bed Show, Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on Weagle 91.1 FM. Your home for late night Auburn athletic coverage from a fan's perspective each hump day. War Eagle. And with that, we welcome you to episode 31 of Barners Before Bed, Monday, October 23rd, here on a somewhat chilly night in Auburn, Alabama. But this past Saturday, once again, a gloomy night on the field at Shug Jordan Hare Stadium. I'm Trey Atkins, joined alongside Campbell Garber and Jack Vesey. We don't know where Graham Copeland is, to be honest. Uh, I think he's studying. Once again, we're students, so I guess the books are quite valuable. But once again, it's, it's sort of become repetitive. Not sort of, it definitely has become repetitive. It's becoming a gloomy topic each week. It's just pounding your head into a door, sort of say, at this point. It's, it's, not even, it's not even fun to really go all analytical. We saw what happened this past Saturday, the continuing the theme of making history during our four years. And once again, history was done, but not the ideal history we were looking for. For the first time in 71 years, the Auburn Tigers have lost to the Ole Miss Rebels back-to-back seasons. I was there for the stripe out. I've been saying this for a while. I feel like we never win those themed games and we have one coming up again an orange out against Mississippi State. It's never fun when you lose. It's just kind of demoralizing when you lose the Mississippis, the redhead stepchild of the SEC who really doesn't bring much but except fun tailgates and cowbells. But fellas, I am at an all-time low. I have reached the point of October to where, I mean, it's just... it's just not fun. I just don't. I'm not having fun. Um, so, this is right after the game. I maybe. Can you hear me? Yeah, sorry. My, my headset was off. Go ahead. So if this is, yeah, if this was after the game, then, you know, I'd be, I'd be thinking one thing that, you know. Oh, is this suit? Nope, that was on me. Your microphone was off. All right, I'll, I'll start again. Um, so, yeah, if this is right after the game. I think I'd be, you know. A little more upset. It's kind of nice to get two nights of rest since since the game. You know, gain a little clarity, gain a little perspective. Um, I think I'm there, but I think I'm circling back to the fact that I really just had too high. We all had too high expectations going into this year. I really think we probably should have heeded our own head coaches. Um, the messages, kind of the, the warnings, the sign on the wall, the writing on the wall um, that was that he's going to need more time. We forget that he inherited a five and seven team. He inherited a team full of Brian Harson recruits. Um, and, if, and really, honestly, if you look at what our preseason expectations were, which the only way you can really get a quantifiable number number for that is a regular season win total, and that was set at six and a half. So, honestly, everything thus far this season has pretty much gone according. Kind of how it has gone, how it, sh- how it should have gone. We've lost every game that we're an underdog in, and we've won every game we've been a favorite in. Um, it just is unfortunate that it's the, to the teams that ha- it was, and the fact that it all kind of was front loaded on the season. You know, having all this disappointment at the beginning of the year, you know, losing four games, stri- four games straight. Yeah, four games straight. Um, but like I said, with with looking at it, I think. It is there is definite reason to be frustrated and really at a low point with this offense. It's just it's once again it's anemic. It, it, there's nothing there's nothing good 
coming from this offense. There's really nothing, you know, good to see at all. It's just it's just been it's been hard to watch. I mean, there's been plays, moments, whatever, but the scheme, the decision with two quarterbacks, the you know, the lack of us getting into rhythm. It's just been it's been a common common theme across our four years of college. Jack, anything? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's hard to be like just getting and you know I'm a new Auburn fan relatively so, but just the same thing, just getting really excited despite like you said the writing on the wall being there, and just understanding that it's going to take three years for this team to get to where we want it to be and where we know it can be. But uh, just to, to quote the Philadelphia 76ers, trusting the process is just hard to watch, and so I'm hoping I'm hoping this the next coming weeks that. We can see some wins and you know just get you know fired up for football again because like you said Trey it's it's not fun anymore inside the stadium like it uh has been in the past but well I wouldn't I'm say still... that's true because th- I wouldn't say that's true because the, the stadium was full and the stadium for the for the first three quarters was really into it yeah. it's just once the game you know saw the writing on the wall I do think also. We have it a lot better than a lot of other places. Many, many other schools, everyone would be pouring out of the stadium by way earlier. Way earlier, you know, like a lot. Like I mean, we kind of you know have to with with our seating situation in the stadium if we mm-hmm. want to you know have our Continuous spots. Continue to have that spot, right? but you got to stay. And I enjoy staying, but it is. I, I will. I will have to say, it's not. You can't say that there was no energy in the no, stadium. No, you can't say that it wasn't fun. Was you can't either. say that like. It could be a lot sadder for a lot of other places. I mean, we're only one game back from 500. We're about to go into our easiest stretch of the season. Um, yeah, we have a chance. To, I mean, we still have a chance to go into the Iron Bowl at seven and three, four or seven, seven and seven four. And four. I mean, seven yeah. and four. No, 100. percent Yeah, I'm all about trusting the process, and you got to earn your stripes. We're gonna get all the jokers out of the deck with the where we are right now. You already got the the people wearing the overalls looking forward to basketball season, but. And when you're trusting the process, there's still times where you need or you have the right to be critical and analyze what we saw. I compare our offensive scheme to a guy who uses the same corny pickup line, and he knows it's not going to work, still uses it, doesn't work. That's what the two-quarterback system is. It's a corny pickup line that doesn't work. Everyone knows it's not going to work. It's insanity. Just trying it over and over again, knowing it's not going to work. When are we going to pick a guy? Uh, I think it's more or less. I I don't think we want to pick the wrong guy. I don't think we really. It, neither one is. We've given them multiple chances. I think we were kind of hoping to see one of them step, like you know, emerge out of the the two quarterback system and be like, you know, take control and take the reins of the offense and be the guy that says, "Hey, this is my team. I'm going to lead it." But we haven't seen that yet. So now I think. I, I'm I'm guessing that that's what Coach Freeze was gambling on happening, and now that it hasn't happened, we're kind of not confused, but it just didn't go the way we thought we are. So now we're you know but have to we're approach still, this. It's so you throw in Robbie for two plays, and then it's third and five, and then you throw in Peyton, and then we run a draw on third and six, and we're still getting cute running. You put in Holden, his one play of the game oh, as that, at yeah. receiver. We're down seven. Was, I don't understand and, that play at all. Oh yeah, the the six foot three quarterback not wearing gloves is playing wideout. Wonder what's going to happen here. 
And then also, well, and then run the then run the play also, clock yeah, all the way down. Don't even you know if you're gonna say. try to do that, sub him on at the last second from the sideline because he's already on the he's already right next to the sideline. Mm-hmm. Move him in there right at the last second. Get him get him a little bit confused, we whatever, just, yeah. and then and then run the play. But no, it's like we ran him out there at the very beginning of the play clock, run it all the way down. You know, everyone in the stadiums is keying in on number twelve, who's never played receiver, never really haven't really come into many snaps. Oh, you look over there. Oh, yeah, it's quarterback. Oh, I'd imagine they're probably going to try a double pass. Exactly what we did. It got swallowed up. Yeah. The fact that we've been begging for trick plays and or just some, or just something, you know, something to bring some electricity into the offense, and that was what was brought, was pretty frustrating. But I have, I have something I want to ask you all about. Did you all see Hugh Freeze's quote pregame um, about, about how he goes about um, game planning and how he – what his thought process is going in on a, on game day specifically? I Either of y'all see this? No, I did not. So he was asked that in a, in a uh, press conference or just by a reporter. I can't remember how it came out, but he basically was saying that up until about thirty minutes before kickoff, he spends his entire time recruiting, hanging out with families, hanging out with players. He is obviously in next year mode, which you know, there's two things about it. It's hard to do. It's hard to one do that at a school like Auburn where everybody wants to win, it kind of makes sense if you break it down because, like, you can see – he can see that, obviously, right now, the team's not in a position to be competing really for anything. Even if we had won yesterday, we still probably wouldn't be in contention for – we already were out of contention for a playoff or anything. So we're basically just playing for pride, which is important, and playing to build momentum for next year. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's he right. He is all locked in on recruiting, yeah. and I think that's what goes into like the process is that he's he's at least devoted to something. Yeah, there was a great post on the message boards, kind of relaying what you're saying. But it was like, oh, I, Coach Freeze is doing exactly what I would do when I would get on NCAA 14 Dynasty mode, and I would go and I'm gonna be UMass, and the entire first season I'm I was just focused on recruiting. I'm simming all the games until I have like good players there and then I actually start playing the games and it's funny to think that that's like could actually be happening but it does in a way feel like that because we're so focused on these 24 and class of 25 guys uh that it does kind of feel like we're not in the here and now but well it's it makes sense yes but imagine you're Jay Fair and 30 minutes before game your head you look over and your head coach is just only hanging out with Perry Thompson you're like well I don't want to play hard for that guy. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't that throw you off a little bit? I don't think. I I, I don't think. It, I don't think it came out that way. Um, I do wish he just wasn't so upfront and honest about everything. I mean, I kind of wish, you know, just like just either lie about it or just don't. You don't have to come out and say that you're not. You're actively not like game planning. I do think that quote also is misleading. I don't think that means that he hasn't thought about the game. He hasn't done any game planning. I think it's just talking about on a game day. You know when. A lot of, when people are you know killing time really that's what a lot of game a lot of a lot of game days are is you know just getting ready killing time before the kick he's just out there I think it's a testament I I try and take it as a testament to at least he's doing something Brian Harson who knows what he was doing for game plans and then on top of it he couldn't use he he couldn't use the recruiting as his excuse because he wasn't yeah. he obviously wasn't doing that so at least. At least we got one of our coaches focused on something, right? Um, Wouldn't you want like another guy over there, though? Like, I mean, no, because I think that's yeah, I don't know. that's like our whole thing. It's like that that's not happening around the SEC. Like, 
you're not talking to Sam Pittman in Arkansas, you know, you two hours. Saban's worried about recruits before a big night game, though? Well, it's very different. Very because, different scenario. Yeah. 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 They're not recruiting to the same program. They're if not, you freeze also had a – if Auburn was – what would we have been? If we were 5-1 and one going into that game, I don't think you would be doing that. But, yeah. Fair. So, I, I don't know. Also, like, Garber, I guess you can attest this better, but how much can you really add to a game plan – the day of that you haven't already discussed all week? Not really. You really can't. Um, I'd imagine it could be different in high school, but I feel like it also might not be as different in a college locker room versus a high school locker room. A lot of it is what I said was killing time. You're kind of just sitting around trying to get yourself. The players are really – it's pretty quiet. Usually guys are – it's either quiet or guys are playing music, but no one's really, like, talking. It's just guys trying to lock in, you know, stretch – Make sure they're, you know, go see the trainer. Make sure they're getting, feeling good. Getting get, homework done. Get taped up. <laughs> Probably not on not, – Not at the collegiate level. Not at the collegiate level. But, yeah, you know, you're just you're – trying to, you're trying to keep yourself focused, but you don't want to, you know, you don't want to overstress yourself too much. But there would – like the coaches would be all usually in a, in, a, in a room discussing game plan. And I'm sure – I'm sure that Hugh Freeze probably exaggerated it. But I do – I don't know. I just thought it was a very interesting thing to say and something that I wish, you know, I wish maybe he just didn't make it public because I feel like it just brings undue noise to to him and his program, mm-hmm. which I think he could save himself a lot of that if he just kept a couple more things bottled up, bottled in. Right. But it's, it's the Hugh Freeze experience is what you're going to get. He's going to be upfront and honest. You so. know what else I wanted bottled in? What? Did we really swag surf after getting scored on? Yeah, but that's like they just do that now – during the fourth quarter, yeah, like that, so really. lame. I don't know. I, yeah, the in stadium production, the the worst one. I think we believe we got scored on, and we played the uh, played the mass singer. Yeah, back to back home nice. home game weeks, rolling uh, some players singing Taylor Swift right after a pretty influential touchdown against us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know where the stadium's not quite in the best mood. You know, I, I don't know, but. Whatever. I guess yeah. we got, we got to pander to the casuals every once in a while. We we had so many missed opportunities. Their punter gave us just a platter there at the end of the first half, and then Robbie threw the pick and the pick hurt. Mm. Going in the second half, I believe we had the ball again at the forty. Nothing happened. Oscar played great, and the coverage team couldn't really help him out. He had a couple great balls, and then speaking of special teams, I every kicker bone in my body was cringing on that onside kick. I that was just like here you go ball game like you saw Kiffin I don't know me and Bruce left at that point but we're watching the get or Kiffin was laughing he was yeah it was not I mean it's hard to you know it's hard to say oh that was a bad onside kick we should have gotten it if we ran it another way because it's you know it's an onside kick but I I was not a huge fan of that execution there um I have an interesting thing that I saw on uh, ESPN, and I'm wondering where they're getting these numbers. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll talk about it when we come back for break. One Mississippi down, one to go. We'll look forward to next week, talk a little bit about how to handle our current situation with the record and how to view the rest of the season. Thank you guys for staying up with us, and we'll be back shortly. And welcome back. Barnes Four Bed, episode 23, Monday. October 23rd. And before we segue into Mississippi State, we we were talking about it a little bit here over the commercial break. Every coach that has a long tenure at a school that I've noticed 
in football and basketball, has one win that really captures the program, even if it's a mediocre season, it's still a win to be like, that was fun. Let's rally around this guy. Harson had it on a plate with Bama in 2021. I would still probably think he'd be here if that game was won. Gus had like eight of those wins. Chiswick dating back all the way to 09. I guess you could say the the Outback Bowl win. There was some. They started off the year five and zero. I mean, there's you never. You, I guess hindsight's twenty twenty, but probably the Outback Bowl. Would y'all agree with that? That was Chiswick's. Like, okay, that's my bu- building step. Yeah, I'd say. So. I don't know. I, <laughs> I think if Cam Newton didn't show up on campus. Gene Chizik would have been out, and people would have forgotten about him. And I wouldn't say that he that he had any like. Cam Newton had had fourteen, uh, fourteen of those wins on his own um, in twenty ten. But yeah. sure, Q has missed two chances to get that program stepping stone win, where the fans are completely behind him, and that was Georgia and then Ole Miss. I believe Bama's our last step, and also we cannot lose a game at home that we're favored. That's why I believe this game coming up is a very, very crucial game. There's a huge difference. I think if you look at records in general, when you get to week eight or nine, would y'all agree there's a huge difference between three and five and four and four, just looking at it and in the bigger picture? Yes, I do. But also, that's that's pretty flip-floppy, wishy-washy to thinking, though, to be like, Hugh Freeze has to win this game, like or else what? Like You want, you want to like put him on the hot seat? Okay, but if we lose this game, I feel like that will carry over into Vandy. That's when you lose the locker room, losing five straight games. I agree, but one, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I, like I said, I alluded to earlier, we went through our hardest stretch of the season. That was a brutal four games in a row, if you think about it, and kept it like at home, where you're supposed to, you know, do your job. You know, lost by a combined margin of 14, 14 total, average margin of seven to the number one team and the number thirteen team in the country. When we're unranked, I mean, it goes back. If your if your thoughts when we hired Hugh Freeze were, I think this is a good hire, I'm excited about this, or even not right when we hired him, but after the off season when he started making all his recruiting plays and all get, gathering all that momentum, I think uh, the fact that us being one game back from 500, if that's like rattling you to your core, it makes me wonder how much you actually knew about the Hugh Freeze hire. Or how much you truly like know about yourself being excited about that hire. Because it's not going to be – I mean, coaches can't get things done in one year. I know what you're saying. Yes, it's like selfishly for us, I'd like to have that like marquee, like awesome win. Yes, obviously. I still think it's on the table with Bama, as crazy as it sounds. Like we just, we've just been rising to the occasion at home. It just, it's the Iron Bowl. think weird things happen in that game. But also, we're going into the easiest stretch right now. We could easily come out 4-0 in these next four. Um, it's, we've got Mississippi State at home. Will Rogers is not playing, the, playing in this game. We're favored by a touchdown or six-and-a-half touchdown. We gotta, I, I agree. We, we need to win this game. But then we're going on the road to Vanderbilt. We're playing on the road at Arkansas, who's not looked, not looked tremendous at all. Mm-mm. And then playing UMass – New Mexico State. New Mexico State. Jack, your boy uh, Justin Lee had a great tweet following the game that I I really it made me look at this whole situation in a broader sense. Val Hugh was hired not based on his success at Ole Miss. 
He was based on the idea of doing what he did at Ole Miss with the resources at Auburn. Correct. So he was sort of a wild card hire. We don't, we still don't know what we're going to get, but taking what he did at Ole Miss with the resources that he has at Auburn is the backbone of the hire. Liberty, too. Sure. Yeah. Would you um, agree with that? Yeah. Another tweet that I, I saw, and it's fair, I think there were six total returning starters to this team, and, like, oh, uh, and then there's a great picture of it in, like, chart form of versus of, like, average rating of transfers in versus transfers out of the two years of Harson and the last year of Gus to show what Hugh was actually inheriting. And I think it's just it's important to know, like, what – we were getting into this season, like, yes, we're optimistic. I mean, I'm still going to sit here and believe that we can win out and go 8-4. and four. Uh, Which we can't, like, which is very plausible. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, there is a, there's a real reason why people like Hoke and other Auburn insiders were saying 7-5 and five is a successful season, which I also still agree with. Well, I mean, it's beating our expected win total. Like, which, yeah. which is important. I mean, like – We've we didn't do that the past two years under Harson. That mm-hmm. that's called like failing expectations. Like by by winning seven games, it's it's not like glamorous. It's not like fun. That, like oh, we won seven games, but it's like getting two more wins from previous season is important. You add another win to win to one to three games the next year, then you're at you know eight and four, ten and two. It's it's taken steps, and I think an underrated part that's not tangible and really not visible. Uh, Justin Hoganson tweeted about it from uh, – it was from Hughes' press conference today. He's saying that – this is the quote. It's, the things that I see behind the scenes that you don't have the privilege of seeing is establishing the culture. I'm seeing growth. So, like, that is, that is an also important thing. As we talked about early in the season, we wanted to see identity and we wanted to see culture – and right now, we haven't really quite seen that full offensive identity. I think that's due to Hugh not believing that he has the tools yet, which he's actively working on. So you can't fault him there. You can't. You could fault him if he was if he was like Harzen, where he just didn't. He never thought he had the alignment, never had anything, but he didn't do anything about it. He was at least doing something about it. And I do think he has more alignment than Harzen did. Harzen never did. Yeah, that'll with be the even backers more, yeah. with with our boosters, with NIL, with the administration. I think everything. Everything is still there for Hugh Freeze to have success. And it'll be a lot more telling when the offseason hits and you see how few guys are going to transfer out uh, because that's, you know, you don't you, you stay at the school if, it's, if you believe in what's going on there. And I think that's what's good is that I think he's laying that, he's laying that culture, he's laying that foundation, which all good teams have is that winning culture, that, that family culture, that team, you know, the culture that the coach wants to bring in. It appears that he's bringing it in there, and they're all believing in it. I mean, players are you know tweeting after games like, "Please don't don't give up, like don't give up, like mm-hmm. we're like we're still here, we're still playing." Like, it's real, and I think I think it's easy to not. It, it it is really easy to discount that because we don't get to see that. We're not in the locker room. We're not at practice. The only thing we get to see is we get to see the game on Saturday, and when it doesn't go our way, then it's e- it's really easy to be like, "Well, obviously things aren't working," but things are getting better. From from all accounts I'm seeing, I mean already, I mean I don't know if Brian Harson wins any of these games either. So, oh, the last four? Yeah, no, we not on earth are we winning any of those four games with Harson? Probably aren't winning that Cal game. Like, but there, this is the 
this is a very, very low point, if not the lowest in Auburn football history. I guess we're on a higher trajectory than we were, let's say. I would say lowest, already, I'd say lowest. i the lowest point was like losing to getting blown out by Arkansas at home last year. Yeah. Like we haven't seen that yet. We've hit That's why I don't like the comparison of this season to last season or, you know, the the freak out. I get that it's right now it's stacking season up like season on season of this is annoying and frustrating, but I would not say that we're at the low point of Auburn football. Okay, well let me say this. We've been talking about there's a possibility we could win out and go eight and four there's also a very very high possibility we could lose all these games and go three and nine i mean there's no guarantee oh no excuse me new mexico state we can go four and eight there's a really no guarantee we could win any of those sec games there's a better chance i would say of us winning out than losing three of the four yeah so we going back to that stepping stone win for me, Bruce Pearls was that SEC tournament run in 2015, and it wasn't just a huge – it wasn't Kentucky, a Tennessee-type basketball win or Arkansas. It was the LSUs. It was – who else did they beat on that run? That was such a long time ago. And basketball will be down the road. Moving on. But the, this is why I believe Mississippi State's so key. So looking forward to Saturday, is Will Rogers out? Yes, is what I've heard. I feel like Mississippi State's one of those schools that's just so discreet. I feel like – <laughs> Post Dak and Dan Mullen, I'd never really heard from them in the national SEC realm. Well, they just aren't. I mean, they just don't get. They just don't generate the buzz that other programs do, like Auburn. Fair enough. But can we all agree? Two thirty kick. Somehow we escaped the eleven a.m. kick again. Thank goodness. Two thirty kick at Jordan Hare. We're seven point favorites. This is a game we should win, and. We'll disagree on this. I think it's a must win. And there's no beating around the bush with it. You can't fall up four straight L's and then lose this one at home again. And we haven't beaten a non bullless A&M Power 5 team since Missouri last year, and that was the most Mickey Mouse win ever. If their kicker, who now is a very good kicker, hits that extra point, we could have gone all the way from two years ago with Ole Miss being our non bullless A&M victory against a Power 5 team at home, which is yeah. wild. I, mean, I would agree. It's, it, it is important. I, I think it's a must-win, but only in the sense that it's a must-win, just like I think every other game this season is a must-win. Because, I, I mean, there's not – Was Georgia a must-win? No. Compared to this? I'm talking about, I'm talking about remaining ahead. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say – because you, you were talking about it, and I think you're going to bring this up later, but – the whole what do you have to play for? You have to play the next game. That's what's we, we got to play for. So I agree, it's a must win, but it's not a must win in the sense that I mean, there's nowhere to go really right now. There isn't, but losing five straight games at Auburn's unacceptable, no matter the circumstance. Yes, I agree. I, yeah. And for that, I, I'm I agree with both of y'all. I think the next three game or four next four games are all. Uh, yeah, the next four games are all must-wins. I don't think there's – I'm not going to beat around the bush. Like, I think we need to be 7-4 and four going into Tuscaloosa. Actually, I, I'll double And I down. agree, but I'll, what, I'll, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is that there's no, there's no alternative, though. Like, there, when people, like, throw on must-wins in, like, the NFL, it's like, all right, if we don't win this game, let's blow it up. Let's trade our assets. Let's tank. There's, let's get a better draft pick. There's no – there's none of that in – College football. Here, not, I'll disagree. We're with not you, trying Robert. to trade our trade our assets. We're not trying to tank. You can't tank. Tanking does you nothing. There's 
we're not going to fire our coach. We're not going to make a hum- humongous change to the team between now and next season. So I think every game is ob- is just yeah. a must. Okay, no, 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 I completely disagree. So let's say the Titans are on the fringe of making the playoffs. They have a game against another contending playoff team. They have to win that game, correct? If they lose, there's a very small chance. If we want to make the quote-unquote postseason college football, we have to win this game. If we lose this game, I don't see a world where we make a bowl game. So I, in the terms of going to the postseason, yes, this is 100% a must-win. I think it's a must-win just because if you look at, like we just talked about, if for the parameters of what we can call consider this season to be a successful season, this game has to be a win. It's a yeah. must-win in the sense that this season cannot be successful unless we win this game. I feel game. like you're looking at it through like a coaching lens or like a player lens, which is awesome, but as in like every, next step, each game's a new week. But from like an outsider, like what we're doing as in viewing the game – Yes, this is a must-win for many different reasons. Is that fair? Yeah. No, I and I and I'm not in disagreement. I will be very upset if we lose this game. But the whole like must-win, like what what's the backing towards it? Like what's the like? I I think I don't think it's anything extreme. I think it's if you want this season to be counted as successful, yeah. you have to win. This well, then game. I, then I, then okay. I'm wait. Gonna... Last question. Then we'll go to break. If we lose this game, do we have a shot of making a bowl game? Yes. Yes. Really. Yes. I mean, yeah. With you, our remaining schedule, yes. All right. We'll talk about that more when we come back. Nice little debate there, fellas. I like that. But we will come back, talk more about we what to play for, as Garber talked about. That was our third segment. And when we come back, that's what will be occurring. Thank you guys for staying up with us, and we will be back shortly. And welcome back. Episode 31, Barnes Before Bed, Monday, October 23rd. If you have any hot takes, feel free to hit the text line, 859-229-0019, or follow us on Twitter at BarnersB4Bed with the number four, clarifying the, the number this time. I believe last time I said letter. Correct. Bed. <laughs> Good follow. Well, moving on, we talked about a little bit the last segment. What necessarily is there to play for? And we're disagreeing on the exact definition. There really isn't a clear definition of a must win. Because coaches look at it differently. Fans clearly look at, at it differently. Journalists, reporters, the talents look at it in a different angle as well. But I'm going to do, go down the line of comparing what's, what scenario would you rather be in or what's a worse feeling. The feeling where – let's do feeling A, where we are currently, where it's October. We're going into the Halloween week, which I want to say is week nine. That's also – college football flies by faster than any other sport in the world. It's already week nine. That's insane. It feels like yesterday we were walking in the wideout for UMass. Back to the point anyways. Nothing really to play for in terms of the SEC championship, the national championship, as in trophies. Yes, there's still the bowl game trophy. Or would you rather be in this scenario where you lose – there's not really a scenario. It's just the feeling. Losing in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Both are horrible feelings. Which one would y'all rather have? I would rather have this, and I'll elaborate on that. Uh, and I know football like football, I, still means more to me than basketball at Auburn. But just watching your basketball team accumulate an entire season of success to where you got in the point like I'm I'm in your head I'm thinking you're asking this is like a two seed Purdue last year Actually, yeah, that's no, a very but, big okay, that's yeah, a very yeah. No just, okay so I'll I'll, what I'll, seed? I'll I'll go back on this question cuz I feel like it's a very 
unfair thing because there's still Auburn football left to watch. Let's say this. Would you rather have Auburn be in the NIT in basketball where you're still watching pointless games? Because there's nothing worse than your team losing the first round of the NCAA tournament because it just ruins March Madness for the rest of the year. It doesn't really ruin college football the rest of the year when your team's eliminated from the playoff because you still have the rivalry games. So this would have been a pointless debate. I feel like we all have been on the same side. But would you rather have this where we're completely eliminated from everything, still watching pointless games, or in the NIT where we're watching pointless games? Is that a better question to ask? I I guess it kind of depends on what your uh... – expectation is going in for basketball like if we're you know I would say the equivalent of what we expected for football this year and the equivalent what the equivalent of that for basketball would be is to make the round of 32 uh that put that means uh, no make the tournament you're a top 64 team uh and so I'd say that that's pretty equivalent so I'm gonna go with I'd rather watch Auburn play in the NIT than this just because uh you still get the SEC tournament. Like you still get an opportunity to play for something in college football. Like when you're once you're out of the SEC championship contention, that like that's that. There's no oh we can make a run. Like there's nothing to like can like convince myself that we could still do this. Yeah, that's the blessing and the curse of college football. Because if you have championship aspirations, LSU for example, with the four team, the twelve team is going to be a different story. But they're basically eliminated. No, they could beat Bama and sneak in there. They're not going but, but I still feel like it's going to be very, very, very hard for them to get in because Florida State's going to go undefeated. The Big Ten champ, I know for a fact they're going to put in the Pac-12 champ. And then Georgia, even if they have one loss in the SEC title, that's probably your four. I don't see them putting a two-loss SEC team. So SEC champions didn't. But I want to can – I, can I segue back to kind of our end of our second quarter de- debate and this whole new debate? I the whole what i was getting at with saying it's not a must it it is a must win it's always a must win it's auburn it's always a must, like that should be the way we look at things and i think as soon as you start opening up like uh these games are not must win uh this one is this one's not that's when you lose that like edge that that desire for champion why did we hire why did we fire gus Malzahn? you know regardless of the the brian harson that was not the right move, but why did we fire Gus Malzahn? Because he was never going to get us to a national championship. Why? What have we been trying to do? What do we do as Auburn? Try to go to national championships. Obviously, this year, it's over in that sense. You could have said after our second loss, you could have said that we have nothing to play for, that every that nothing's matters. So why would now be a must-win? That was my thing. But if you start looking at it in the sense that we're Auburn University, we still have pride – Let's have some pride. Let's beat our SEC West opponents. That's why it's a must win. It's a must win because we don't want to lose our locker room because we want our players to be – we want the culture to still be there where our players play hard. And so this whole debate about would you rather see us in this position in football right now or watch us in March Madness, I think March Madness, like any t- time of the week. No, 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 I take that back. So we are in the NIT so what do you say? There's like, too many. What do you say? Yeah, there's too many. Do I want to watch Auburn week nine sitting at three and four with the schedule remaining? Or Auburn's a one seed in the NIT? One seed in the NIT. Because I've been a big believer that I'd rather, maybe not as a school like Auburn, but I think if you're a lower tier, I feel like you'd rather 
be like a high seed in the NIT and win that than like get bounced in the first round of the tournament. So you'd but. rather would you rather win the NIT or like the Liberty Bowl? I think that's the best. NIT. The NIT. Yeah, the, I don't know. Gus Malzahn's beating it out of me that I can't care about bowl games. We just we've lost. I've lost too many bowl games in my lifetime to like really too, put too much stock into there. I feel like the, my original question was the thought process of what feelings were of if we had championship aspirations like 2015 when we came to the year with championship aspirations and then literally by week four that was gone. That to me felt like the same feeling as probably Purdue fans felt when they lost as a two seed against yeah. the 15. And I, and, I, and I would agree with that 100%. But I do think that's a different scenario season. Like, us not being – we were not burdened with championship expectations this year. So, I don't think why we need – I don't understand why we need to burn, burden ourselves in week nine with them, like, yeah. still. And I'll agree, I still took the bait and, you know, thought, you know, with my optimistic heart, you know, why not us? Why can't we do something? But – I don't know. I, I don't understand. Uh, we don't need to burden ourselves yeah. with that. I also I, was, I want to go on a little tangent here. Uh, I want this episode to be the last pity party that we throw for ourselves on the show about uh, having the worst four years. Yeah, and yeah. I only want to look forward now. I'm done with the, the negativity. Like, yes, are we not? Or we're not in a great spot, but are we in a spot to set out what the goal, the realistic goal was at the beginning of the season? Is that still attainable? Yes. So I just want to look for like. This season, I'm not chalking this season as a failure by any means. And if you do, then you you're not you're not a realistic Auburn fan, or you just don't know. What ball. if we go four and eight? What if we go five? And okay, seven? that why, why? See, that's what I'm talking about. Why are you being negative? Why are you having a negative? I'm just what throwing if? in like a question. You okay? Said, what I'm if never, we go eight and four? Then that's an unreal season. That'd be the best case scenario of where our current state. Okay, but it's would seven still, and five still a, a successful season in the eyes of what we have. It's like what we have in front of us. Who would be the three wins, or excuse me, the four wins? If you throw in, I four four I feel wins. Like, anyone but everyone but Bama. Yeah, we win our next four games. Where are you getting this? Where are you getting so, that we're going to be like, or I would, we're, we're likely going to be favored in every game. I don't Bama. even through a coaching transition. I want Auburn to stay the program where seven and five is teetering on a good year. I just That's, I want us to stay that. It's way. good year for right now. It's not. It's not gonna be next year. We're if Auburn goes look, seven and five, we will not be saying we will not be saying the same things that we're saying right now. Or even take it a take take a step back ten years from now, and we look back at this season. We're not gonna go. Oh yeah, that was a great season for us. But in the eyes of what, like how to build the program, seven and five is a stepping stone. It is not a step back. It is a step forward. Yes, that is correct. So big, but picture. in the grand scheme of things of Auburn. Yes, it is a good step. I said that's why it's teetering. I don't want that to be a common theme. I'm not going to say set well, as long as we don't have first year co- as long as we don't have first year coaches as a norm, then it won't be a common thing. We've had three in four years, so I hope that's not a common. That's theme. what it's that's been, what we're saying. It's just been a frustrating. That's not true. That's we, also we've not had, true. We've had two in in four years. We Gus Harson was not, Gus a, first was not year a first year coach. Year coach. I think you're talking just We're talking about first. No, nope. I said first year. Coach. But back back to the whole seven and five thing. I still for Auburn, what we are, what this where this program has been throughout its eternity, what it stands for. I don't want a seven and five season to be a set in stone. That was a successful year. We're not saying that, that's what it when is. When we had an opportunity to do more, we d- did we? Yes, we lost two games by one touchdown. And probably do you not think that do you not think that that was 
kind of lucky in and, in and of itself. Not, I, arguing that this game should have been closer than what it was when we scored that garbage time touchdown is kind of a, a crazy thing to say. I feel like we no, we blew so many chances. We had so many chances to win this as game, did, as in Georgia. And we also, I believe if we played A&M ten times, we could probably sneak out three or four. Is that fair? I agree, uh, but you're looking at everything with like best case scenario. That doesn't. Ha- that's not how seasons work. And it's you're par- also it's a parlay. Yeah. So when you have chances to win games, and your Auburn is seven and five, a successful year. I said teetering, and you can go back and listen two weeks ago when I was on my by myself. I said seven and five is teetering. Six and six, I would not consider successful. And I will. I would not either. die on I that would say hill. Seven and five say- is a successful year this year because, like Garber said. That hits what our uh, hits the overall and what our projected win total was, and it's a it's a bowl game. It's a winning season. It's an opportunity to finish eight and five with a bowl game win, where you can go. Oh, Hugh Freeze had eight wins in his first season. Like it's just a building block to where seven and five. If you're a recruit, you can look at seven and five and be way more optimistic about wanting to go there than a team that went six and six. Yes. I also think eight and five and seven and six. That bowl game is going to be valuable. I've, you said Gus. Gus. I would say. I would bowl, say. Bowl I would games. say. Bowl games carry less value nowadays, sadly. But they just. I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of teams, especially when you make them, when you make a team that win like six and six, wait like three more weeks. Like those kids, you lose. You kind of lose focus in there. Rightfully so. These kids are kind of done. Like they don't really. They're not like fired up to go to Birmingham. To play in Progressive Stadium, or what used to be the um, oh the Iron Lady. What, what, what was her called? What was it? Was uh, you're talking about the old Birmingham Stadium, yeah. or was it? Well, Legion Field. Legion, um, yeah, yeah, the Iron Lady. Yeah, it, it's hard to get those guys. I think that carries a little less weight than the wins in the regular season. But I don't know. Okay. Regardless of all that, yes, I I do think Auburn should. Should win this game this week, and I do think it is a needed win for Hugh Freeze and his program. For sure. Well, on that note, we'll take a quick break, come back, give our picks. I believe someone who was, at the time, a little bit in last place, went on a little hot streak this past weekend, so you'll find out who that was when we come back and get the rest of the board. The road to B-dubs continues. Thanks, thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back shortly. And welcome back, Barnersport Bed, the fastest two minutes in sports. Going to be a little slower this week with Graham out. Garber, would you give us a little update on the picks? But let's try something real quick. I just want to hear this. I was oh, expecting was, a sea of booze. After that was that, awesome. But, uh, that was awesome. Like Commissioner Goodell, but um, yes. Yeah, so we, uh, Trey astutely pointed out there was a there was a misgrade. On one of the weeks, um, so Trey is sitting in the lead at 18 and 10 with a 64% hit rate. Very well done, Trey, so far. Thank you. Um, Graham follows up second at 15, 12, and one, uh, and then I'm following right behind him at 15 and 13. And Jack, who Trey was alluding to earlier, went on a little heater, went four and zero. Uh oh. Uh-oh. Watch I said out. Last week, you know, at 11 and 17. Teams who get hot in January. They yeah, peak too early. Yeah, exactly. You got to finish. You got to wait. You got to finish. You get hot. Being in the lead through it, through eight weeks means nothing when you got seven more to go. Um, six more to go. But, um, yeah, that's the standings right now. Um, 
Trey, do you want to lead us off? Sure, might as well. You know, I got I got a weird feeling about this one, and I'm going to start early. Do I dare throw in a Tuesday game? Wow. Yeah. My brother's out at Western Kentucky, the toppers. Give me Western plus four versus Hughes Old Club Liberty. All right. Moving on. What do you like there? I don't know. I just like, I love a little Tuesday. I feel like weird stuff happens on Tuesday. Where's that game at? It appears Liberty. I did not really, I'm going wing picks this week. I'm still, I'm still just rattled about just the current state of football in general with both of my teams. But moving on, give me, give me Florida State minus 20 against Wake Forest. I feel like they've had a couple close calls recently, but if they're really going to be a championship club, this is the part of the season where they really need to take the next step and take control with games like a Wake Forest. Where's that game at? It's at Wake, I believe. Yeah, actually, maybe at Wake. I'm looking at this wrong. Then, not that that really yeah, matters. Yeah, not that it matters. A, uh, I still, either way, but I it like could, it. It could be one of those reverse energy ones where it's the crowd so bad it kind of takes your energy out of your team. Um but all right. Yeah, I, I still like Florida State. And then give me the Georgia Florida over. I feel like Georgia's going to run the brakes out of them. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a year, even if th- though it's in the state of Florida, that the dogs sort of take over Jacksonville. It's always in Florida. Yeah, it's always in Florida, but and it's always 50-50 like any of these neutral rivalry games, but I could see a little bit more red now. Florida's been kind of on the same wavelength as us the past few years. I mean, it's I don't we, know. But it's we the, travel better than Gator fans. It's the it's the world's largest outdoor cocktail party for a reason. They'll all be they'll all be in attendance. Bucket, Florida fan show. Oh that. yeah. Bucket Lister for sure. What is that number on that game you just said over? Forty nine. Forty nine. And then no way. This just looks ridiculous. Washington versus Stanford, fifty nine and a half. I'm gonna take the under. Even though uh Stanford put on one of the I don't think I've laughed harder at reading Twitter after their comeback against Colorado, just seeing all the people who were going and chalking in their bets from Colorado and then Stanford with one of the best comebacks I've seen in my life. 29 on the road, double yeah, overtime. That strong. was a great game. Yeah. But, yeah, that's my picks for the week. All right. Um, I'll start with my favorite. Trey, you'll like this one. I'm taking the Volunteers minus three and a half. Um, just a game that – Trey knows. They, Tennessee wins this game a lot. Yeah. Often. And, and it doesn't matter where I, Kentucky is. Tennessee, it's just – it's yeah, it's kind of like Florida with Tennessee, where Florida likes to beat Tennessee. You're kind of regardless of where Tennessee's at. Tennessee likes to be beat Kentucky regardless of where they're at. Three and a half, teetering a bit high, but I'm still going to lay it just because I believe in the balls. Um, give me Utah plus seven against Oregon. Um Cam Rising is out for the season, but they're just they're sticking around. They their their defense is very good. It's at Utah. They've only got one loss. They're still playing. They're still playing for Pac-12 contention. So they're gonna show up, obviously. Um it's not like a game they're just gonna lay down because it's a higher ranked team than them. Um yeah, give me the Utes plus seven at home. Then I'm going to Troy, Texas State, TJ Finley. Um, give me over 52 points in that game. Um, both teams been more offensive, um, offensive-minded this season, so I like my lean there. 
And then finishing up with Oklahoma-Kansas under 66. The game is being played at Kansas. I think if Kansas wants to make it a game just like UCF did, they're going to have to lower that total a little bit. So give me Oklahoma-Kansas under 66. All right. Uh, we're going to see if we can continue this hot streak into week nine. Uh, but first, you know, we, we've talked about them all all day. So give me Auburn minus six and a half is my favorite. I think, you know, I think this is a game we can win by 10 points. So I think it's a game we have to win by 10 points also. So I'm, I'm riding with the Tigers. And then my underdog, it is Louisville hate week. I know, I know that's not how it's pronounced, but it is for the hate week. Give me Duke plus four. Uh, this Duke team, they, they, they show up in big games. So I'm riding Duke plus four. Is your boy Riley out though? Didn't he get injured? He's back. I'm pretty sure he'll be back. I'm pretty confident. I thought I'm pretty sure what I was reading today that he will be back. Uh, and then for my over under game, give me Wisconsin, Ohio state over 43 and a half. I feel that, I feel like that's a line Ohio state might cover on their own. Um, and then the under, give me USC Cal under 67.5 points. That is just uh, so many points. And I don't see this game being close. I feel like even though everyone's saying, oh, Caleb Williams, or, you know, should, business decisions shouldn't play the rest of the season. Oh, uh, that's terrible, too. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's his personality. I think he wants to win games regardless of what they what their meaning is behind him. So. That was just from like a Skip Bayless wannabe, though, Emmanuel Acho. I mean, that, that was a click bait. It was, but I, I don't think – I feel like there's people that believe it now. Yeah, though. I don't think Caleb Wood – that's his t- personality. So, I'm taking the under in that game just because I don't think – I think it's going to be like a, a 49-10 to 10 game. Oh, I did the same thing, taking the USC under. I hope it goes better for you than it did for me. But uh, before we go off here, I'll give a quick little Barners update. Breaking news. This crew will not be here next week due to a flag football championship, but we are going to Nashville. Looking forward to that one. Crossing Vandy off my SEC bucket list. I believe leaving me left with Mississippi State and Arkansas and Mizzou. So going to cross those off at some point, but going to be a fun next couple weeks. Hopefully next time we see you guys, that must win that was heavily debated turned out to be a win. No matter the scenario, I hope we win. I Score hope, predictions, real quick. Yeah, let's. That'd be a good way to end out. Uh, I'm going. I'm going 24-10 Auburn. I like it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna raise you. I'm gonna go. We go 31-31-13. That's cute. I'm a college football historian. Three to two Auburn, like the good old days. Thank you guys <laughs> for listening tonight. Fun episode. Once again, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Hope that next episode will be a lot more enjoyable. But we shall see. From Trey Atkins, Jack Vesey, Campbell Garber, and wherever in the world Graham Copeland is, thank you guys. And as always, War Eagle. Love you guys. Thank you all for listening from us here at Barners Before Bed. We hope you join us next Wednesday at 10 p.m. right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Sleep tight, Tiger fans, and as always, War Eagle.